Hey, and welcome to the CCV Students Podcast. Everybody, thanks for jumping back on board with us after a crazy summer of 2019. Yeah, uh, we we apologize. Uh, we launched this thing uh, with new content every week, and then camp happened. And we love camp, but uh, just kind of created a little delay in fresh podcast content. Yes, yes. I, I think when our, our plan was when we started this, we wanted to design six episodes to help coaches prepare for camp, which by the way, you guys absolutely killed it at camp. This has been uh, the most impactful summer I can remember in eight years of uh, camps at CCV. So phenomenal job. We've seen over 600 kids and students get baptized since camp. And I know more rolling in all the time. And uh, in just in the student world alone, in the mo- month of August, we're averaging over 3,000 students every weekend across all of our campuses. And that just means that the value of a coach has risen to a whole new level in our ministry. So uh, thanks for doing what you guys do. For sure. It, it's been an awesome summer. It literally would not have happened without our coaches. And uh, all those numbers and stuff uh, are, are largely due to just coaches staying connected with kids, challenging them and, and moving them on to next steps. That's right. That's right. Okay. Quick personal question. Eric, I know you've had an addition to your family recently. Why don't you tell the coaches a little bit about your new Boris family member? Yes, our newest family member. Uh, my wife talked me into, didn't really have to try that hard, but we got another puppy. Uh, <laughs> she is a German short hair pointer. So she is a purebred bird hunting dog. Uh, her name's Remy. She's adorable and hyper and chews on everything and everyone. Uh, in fact, she re-pierced my right ear yesterday because <laughs> I was holding her, trying to calm her down, and she re- reached up, grabbed the earlobe. I was super cool in high school, so I had earrings, uh, and she just put her fang right through that old hole and made me bleed, and it was great. Um, but in about a year or so, she is going to help me uh, light up some quail, and uh, I'm, I'm so happy. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Eric is an avid hunter. And, Very true. And... Um, I just want to picture just for a second, Eric dressed in camo with his shotgun, but pierced ears at the same time. (laughs) They're always there. You just want to picture me wearing physical earrings while I'm hunting, which will probably never happen. So Uh, did you, did you wear like a loop, a loop uh, uh, earring? Yeah, I had, so it was the late nineties, early two thousands. So I had the, like the big thick loops with like the, the metal balls at the end. And I had two in the left and one in the right. Cause I was just hardcore punk rock. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My dad said, if I ever came home uh, with an earring, he was going to rip it out. Wow. Uh, my mom convinced my dad that I, any hope of me being a computer engineer like him was lost a long time ago, and I was going to be a professional musician, and uh, she actually persuaded him to pay for me to get my ears pierced. It was, man, that we're getting way deep here onto why <laughs> I am the flawed human being I am. Uh, so I'm going to throw it right back to you. You have a son who's about to turn a year, correct? Tomorrow. Dude, how's that little guy doing? He is fierce. That that little guy. So we have two daughters, uh, first grader, uh, a four-year-old, and they are princesses. Their little brother is a warrior. <laughs> the, the little guy just uh, gets into everything. He has so much energy constantly. He's recently 
crawling up our couch. Uh, he's not walking yet. Uh, for some reason, he doesn't want to commit, but he's a climber, so he's going to climb everything and uh, freaks us out a lot that he's going to fall and crack his head open. But, oh, man, it, I love being being a dad to a little guy. So Elias is doing great. We're going to celebrate with a very small one-year-old birthday party because I re rebel against everybody who throws birthday parties for one-year-olds because <laughs> they're, they're just boring. The, well, what's going to be on your Instagram if you don't have this huge blowout for your one-year-old child? Uh, if my wife is listening to this right now, uh, I apologize. I don't want to offend you, but I think we're on the same page here. It will be low-key. We will eat some good food, give the little guy a cupcake, one candle, blow it out, and that'll be that. That's all a one-year-old needs. Happy birthday, Elias. Yes, it'll, it'll be great. He's not going to end up in therapy because you didn't throw him a rager for his first birthday. <laughs> all right, that's, that's enough personal mushy stuff. This is way too much self-revelation for me. Uh, what, what are we talking about today? Yes. Hey, we want to we give you just a sneak peek, coaches, of, uh, of where we're going this fall. Uh, and really, the original concept of this podcast was completely designed to help coaches get better at what you do. These uh, 20 minutes or less episodes are designed just to stretch your ability as a youth coach. And what we know is if we ever begin to neglect our abilities as leaders, as coaches, uh, then our students are going to neglect their faith. So we want to constantly be getting better. And me and Eric just hope to continue to push you uh, with just some some challenging content. Today, we're going to talk about Gen Z, but I want to give you just a sneak peek of where we're going this fall. I think we've got some great podcasts lined out. We, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Bible 101. Uh, we're going to bring on Mark Moore and just have a great conversation about how we can continue to facilitate just biblical literacy uh, in our students. We're going to talk about partnering with parents. Later this semester, we, we have a few bonus episodes uh, lined out for you to help all of the coaches who are going to be uh, leading through Brave in our junior high ministry in October. Uh, we have an apologetics series in high school coming later this fall, and we want to talk a little bit about that on the podcast. So just some exciting things coming ahead, but we want you to just to begin to expect coaches the first Friday of every month, we're going to release a brand new podcast, and then we'll mix in some bonuses uh, here or there. So uh, a great fall ahead, but today we just we just want to introduce just a little bit because uh, next month, the first Friday in September, we're going to release another episode on Gen Z. We just want to get the conversation started. Who is Gen Z? Oh man, they are a tricky little bunch, uh, and I know for me, it's it's been a tough mental shift to recognize the the split that we've ragged on millennials for so very long. <laughs> That's true. Um, and my inner Ron Swanson delights in mocking millennials. Uh, I know some of you listening are millennials and uh, I'm sure you're the good ones. So uh, I'm not talking about you. Uh, <laughs> but recognizing that these students we're working with today are not millennials. They're a totally different uh, beast. And uh, we've been doing a lot of reading, a lot of research. Uh, and th there are some serious implications for how we help a student like that grow uh, just understanding their mindset and where they're coming from as members of this new Gen Z. If that, I think that's the most well-used term, but you know, it takes a while for a name to stick for a generation. Yeah, there's probably some others. I know iGen is one of them. It's one of the books that we read uh, as a team. 
And it, it, it's probably a little bit like they need a little bit more time to solidify that we are going to call them Gen Z, whatever. Uh, but we need to realize that most of our coaches, we've got millennials, we've got Gen X coaches, we've even got some boomers. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so shout out to all the boomers if you're listening to this, which you probably aren't. How'd you find this, by the way? <laughs> you're probably sitting with your grandson right now <laughs> yes, listening to this. Your Gen Z grandson helped you find this podcast. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, and you probably hated the first five minutes of this episode. Yeah, it's a, they've turned it off by now. It's okay. <laughs> But yeah, we, we've got to grow in our awareness of Gen Z. So uh, that's what we hope to do. Um, to start with, uh, Gen Z represents basically uh, those born from you know 1995 all the way to today. So basically 24-year-olds and under uh, right now are lumped into the category of Gen Z. Uh, Gen Z is now the largest population uh, amongst all the different generations. So there's more um, there's more of Gen Z than there are of millennials or Gen Xers or even boomers. So that has, that has big implications for our world. Uh, and one thing that I just found super interesting about Gen Z is most of Gen Z does not exist in North America. Only 4% of Gen Z resides in North America. Uh, Eric, what's the... Uh, What's the biggest? Yeah, it's uh, like over half, 50, 57% of this generation uh, is in Asia. Like it's just, this generation's blowing up over there. Um, yeah. And uh, another almost quarter of them is in Africa. Uh, so it's, we tend to think through and we need to think through our like American side of things because it's where we live, it's where we do ministry. Um, but globally, uh, things are going to be, it's really interesting times. And so what, what this does for the church, for the world in the next 20, 30 years, uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think we're gonna see businesses really begin to target Gen Z. They probably already are because now they make up the biggest population to sell to. Yeah, you were telling me that when I came back uh, hating the new Aladdin movie. Yes. And uh, everyone was uh, throwing shade because I was not shy about my opinion on the new Aladdin. Uh, and you told me like, no, it's actually, it was designed for uh, these other larger Gen Z parts of the world. Yes. Uh, and that the movie is crushing it over there. That's right. That's right. I think that's why we're going to see like Star Wars and some of the, the biggest movies Disney is going to start to target a different culture. And Americans, like, unfortunately, we might ride a little, you know, second second rate to some of these other uh, parts of the world. So we just need to get ready for that. Um, sorry, Gen Xers and Boomers. This is probably going to be really annoying for you. <laughs> it's it's the way it goes. <laughs> um, but speaking of Gen Xers, that's like uh, understanding where this generation came from, how they think, why they think that way. Uh, most of their parents are Gen Xers. Um, so so that is uh, Gen Xers are they're known somewhat for being like kind of independent, resourceful. Uh, their parents were boomers who had just like super high expectations. Uh, and Gen X had the most fun um, just trashing entitled millennials. Uh, <laughs> it was like our hobby. It was great. Um, but as kind of reactionarily, is that the word? That's a good uh, word. Yeah. yeah re reaction. Yes. Re reactionarily. So as a reaction to uh, watching the generation just below them, Gen Xers have parented Gen Z kids way differently. Yep. 
um, trying essentially just trying to not raise entitled millennial type children. Yeah, yeah. So we we're getting a, a very different uh, generation here with Gen Z. So um, for a lot of us, that should be really encouraging. They're going to be way more practically minded, a little bit more conservative in their approach to life, and could be very very healthy for our world. And as we begin to to look at Gen Z, I, I think as we look at the research, uh, researchers don't necessarily take a block of time, let's just say between this date and this date is 15 years. So your generation Z, uh, that that's not necessarily how they categorize a generation. They look at they look at world events. They look at things that have uh, greatly impacted the world. And that really is how they begin to group a generation. So Gen Z is really defined by being children of the recession. So 2008, 2009, you know, the economy hit rock bottom. And for so many of Gen Z, they watch their families struggle. And that is really shaping who they are as young people. Yeah, it, it affects a lot of their goals and their outlook for their careers and their futures. Uh, they've also, like, they, they've just kind of grown up in kind of a rough world. So they, they've never known, uh, well, this, this isn't the rough world part, but, uh, but they've never known a world without a cell phone. Yep. So they're, they're connected all the time to both the good news and what their friends are doing and terrible news. Um, and along that, they, they've, they've grown up uh, with our country always at war. Yep. Like most of them have no firsthand memories of 9-11. They just know a world where we have soldiers over battling stuff and there's threats of terrorism and, and scary stuff. Uh, they've also grown up in the age of, of mass shootings and the, the fear of that. So there's a lot of, of fear that just is baked into this generation and what they've experienced in the world that they've known growing up, which can't not affect <laughs> the way you look at the world. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's a pretty good overview of who Gen Z is. Uh, let's just real quick, let's talk a little bit about uh, what they value and maybe what they don't value. Maybe you can get us kicked off. Just that thought that you just had, I think is is so key uh, for what Gen Z values. Yeah, so out of all of that stuff that we just talked about, one of their huge values is safety. They want to be safe. Um, and we see that playing out as you look at research and what they're doing. These kids are not out doing stuff as much as, as you and I or previous generations were. Like yeah. They're not just trying to find a way to get to the mall so they can hang out with their friends. Like They stay at home and they connect with their friends online uh, and they just stay in the safety net of mom and dad. Um, and that also kind of consequently leads to something they don't, they don't recognize they value as much as time in person. Uh, so the, like, I'm just going to hang with my buddies and, and goof around after school they don't care about that. They think they're connected because they're online all the time and it feels safer at home to connect from behind a phone screen. Uh, they're still human beings. So they need that time in person, but for them, it's not as high as a, as high of a priority. They, they would rather feel safe and be at home than be out hanging out with people in person. Absolutely. And I think that's why we, uh, we read about this generation being more lonely mm -hmm. uh, than generations uh, previous to them. So for sure. Um, another thing that they value, uh, I think this is probably their strongest value. It's like it's like a non-negotiable for Gen Z is equality. Um, they they do not put up with uh, inequality, uh, hatred, racism, all that. They're just not going to stand for it. And those who do are are seen in the light as as violent 
aggressors that they want nothing to do with. So um, just a few stats and like some things that that we've read about is uh, 75% of Gen Z say that they have friends of a different ethnic background or belief. So uh, they're, they're engaging with people who aren't necessarily like them and they're welcoming them into their life. Um, 34% of U.S. teens um, would report that they have no religion. Uh, I think some of that is because of some of the hard stances of traditional religion uh, in America uh, being um, maybe drawing uh, a harder line on where they believe on stuff. And sometimes that can come across as violent to Gen Z. Um, so you see some of some of our teens right now um, being more turned off with traditional religion. Um, 13% of Gen Z in America uh, say that they're atheist, uh, which might not sound like a huge percentage, but that's double what adults would say. Yeah, and historical averages of atheists. It's slowly grown, you know, a percentage point or here or there from generation to generation. This is a huge uptick for Gen Z. Yep, yep. 69% of U.S. teens agree it's acceptable to be born one gender, but then feel like another. So uh, they're a very accepting generation and they're going to value uh, people and organizations uh, that are going to be uh, very accepting. Uh, Gen Z, they don't want to offend people. They are, they are not going to value uh, people who take a super hard stance that's offensive towards different people groups. Um, Gen Z, they're always going to be reluctant to make strong declarative statements because they just don't want to offend people. So I, I specifically remember this at CIY several years ago, we were at Viola and uh, one of the speakers just made an announcement about uh, the passing of gay marriage and what happened in the room. Do you remember this? I do not think I was there that year. The, I was still way back in the kids world. <laughs> well, the room erupted with like cheers. It's because we have a very accepting generation and, uh, and we've got to be aware of that as coaches. It's not that that changes the gospel. It doesn't change the hard stance that we take as, as Jesus followers, but it does change our approach. Man, and that is that that kind of leads to so by default, they value all these things. So that's why we see them uh, less engaged with or accepting of traditional religion, uh, even traditional politics, uh, kind of Republicans and Democrats. It's weird, like as much as we like, we look at culture and see the special little snowflakes and assume all the, the young ones are that, uh, they're actually less affiliated with either group. And they're more like, okay, you on both sides of the aisle, you're screwed up. Yeah. And so- they, they, I don't know what that means. Maybe a, a third party for the first yeah, time in a very a long time. Yeah, a rise in the independence. Yeah. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Um, uh, final like value versus non-value. Uh, they, they really sincerely value their family, uh, which is great. Part of that is they spend a lot of time with them because yeah. they want to stay safe. So they want to be at home. Um, but but they really do uh, value their their parents, their siblings, their while their uh, home and family life uh statistically looks a lot less nuclear than uh, than previous generations. Whatever their family is, they value that, uh, which is a, it's, it's a good, great thing. It's a huge step in the right direction versus us angst-ridden teens who wanted nothing to do with our families back right. in the day. Um, but kind of consequently, 
they are growing up slower and slower. So they do not value adulting. Yep. Uh, th there's this, this crit, like an example that just blows my mind is how many of them just get around to getting their driver's license like when their parents make them when they're like 20 and their parents are sick of driving them to college classes or something. <laughs> like I could not wait. Uh, I got in trouble when I was 15 and got my license delayed two months and I was so mad, so mad. And the day I was allowed to, I was at the DMV getting my license. Yep. And they just, they, they don't crave that independence. They don't crave that, like, I want to be an adult. I want to be on my own. I want to do, they're, they're perfectly happy. Like, no, I'm here with my family that I love. I'm safe. Why would I need to drive? Yeah, they're so, they're so practically minded. They're like, they're thinking that, man, mom and dad can foot the bill here. Uh, I'm not going to go into debt because I watched mom and dad struggle in debt. So I will not make those mistakes and I will not compromise my digital connection. So I'm going to prioritize my cell phone bill. I'm going to remain digitally connected, but you know, connected through driving my car. It's just not as big of a value to Gen Z. I, I can take the bus and stay on Instagram and be connected to the world. That's right. I can't, I can't fathom that existence. <laughs> So I think we're going we're gonna to stop here. Uh, hopefully this has just been a good overview for you, introduction to Gen Z, if you've not done any reading or research into it. I hope that you'll just uh, take some of this information and just begin to process it personally, but then have a conversation with your co-coach. Your co I really think what we talked about today has some implications for you as a coach. And I just want to challenge you as just a takeaway from this podcast today is to have a conversation. Um, get together with your co-coach and uh, grab a coffee before service on the weekend and chat about your approach and how things change as you try to engage Gen Z. And we're going to commit to the next podcast being more practical for you. Uh, some of the big things that we see about Gen Z, we want to talk about how we can engage as coaches. And that, that episode is going to be released Friday, September 6th. So coming up here soon. Yeah. Uh, and if like real quick, I'm just going to rattle off a couple other resources. Uh, if your interest is peaked and you're the researcher type, a uh, couple of things that we've been reading that we've been digesting, uh, the book iGen by Gene. So sorry if you happen to be listening, Twenge, Twenge. I, I don't know how to say her last name. T-W-E-N-G-E. -E. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, she's a professor at SDSU uh, and she looks at this whole thing through a secular lens. Also the book Meet Generation Z by James White, who looks at it through the Christian lens um, and a couple of podcasts. You obviously are into podcasts because you're here. Uh, Craig Rochelle's leadership podcast. It's a great one anyway, but he's got one with Jason Dorsey, who's a Gen Z and millennial expert. And Andy Stanley leadership podcast uh, has a two-parter call where it's basically called generational diversity in the workplace, but just kind of expounds on all this stuff about who these up and coming adults and students that we deal with every week are. Awesome. Awesome. Coaches, hey, thanks for taking some time. Uh, be on the lookout for our next episode. Again, the first Friday of every month, we're going to release a new episode uh, and keep prioritizing your growth as a coach. That's how we model uh, our students growing in their faith is we grow as coaches. So uh, we just always remember when the coach gets better, the whole student ministry gets better. 